And now on Radio 4, once again it's yet another return of the legendary Count Arthur Strong. Throughout his half-century, not out in the world of show business, Count Arthur has entertained and informed audiences as varied as Archbishops of Canterbury's. He is repeatedly sought out as an after-dinner speaker and raconteur, and once, twice worked with Jimmy Clitheroe once. Join him now for this week's Count Arthur Strong's Radio Show. Is that it then, love? Right, your liver is £1.40, your kidneys £1.10, and that will be 50p for your brains. <laughs> Not morning, Arthur. There's a fly on one of your pork chops. That's not a very good advert, is it, Will? Here, I'll spot it with my monthly advertiser. <laughs> Aha! Got it, little devil. You might want to think about reducing the price of that one. <laughs> well, I'll probably throw it out now. You're out and about early this morning, Arthur. Oh, I've got a lot on, Will. I'm doing that, um, that radio play I was telling you about today for the BBC. Or, as we call it in the business, for a joke, the British Broadcoping Caster... Um, Caster... Assation. Um, Copa Caster. Oh, the British Broadcoping. Um, the, the British Corpse Burning Commission as Assastication... Corpse Burning Assastication? No, with... That would be the BCB. C-A-C-B-A, wouldn't it? What's amusing about that? <laughs> anyway, if I um, can get a word in. <laughs> I saw the producer of it the other day, remember? What, him that tripped over? Yes, well, that was nothing to do with me, so don't start all that up. You, you want to get your fingers right before you start pointing all the facts up. <laughs> anyway, I had to come down here first to take a pair of shoes back. My pair of deck shoes. They're all I can wear in a recording studio. The static becomes an issue if I wear anything else. <laughs> you know, if I wear a nylon shirt, when I pull it over my head at the end of the day, I light up like a Christmas conker. Cracker. <laughs> um, Present. Uh, tree. Christmas tree. Lights! Tree lights! Oh, you know full well what I meant, so don't come that. Are you sorted out then now? No, thanks to him in the shoe shop. What's his name? The, the spotty youth. You mean the tall spotty one or the short spotty one? The fat spotty one. Here, I've written it down. I'm going to report him to his superiors for his insulin. Uh, insolvent. Insolence. Um, there you are. Name. Bruce Willis. Told you. Yes. He said, we haven't done any deck shoes for six months. We only do them in the spring, so I don't know when you got these. I said, listen, when you're paying the best part of four pounds for a pair of shoes, you want them right. Well, what's up with them? Oh, the stitching's gone on the left-handed one. I said to him, for another thing, apart from the comfort issue, they're supposed to be deck shoes, those are. How do you think I'd get on a on round-the-world boat race with me shoe flapping off me left-handed foot, <laughs> battling the treacherous currents round the Cape of Good Fear? Good, good home. Good day. Good hope. Cape of Good Hope. Anyone knows that's what they sail round. 
I said, Sir Francis Drake will be swimming in his gravy. Uh, um, swimming in his grave. Turning in his grave at your ignorance. You can't argue with history, Wilf. Anyway, he's found me a pair of pumps, so I'm having to make note with those. Right, well, I'd better get off to my rehearsal. Um, if you throw in that pork chop away, you might as well give it me. I'll not stand by and see good meat go to waste. I'll run it under the tap. Oh, do you know, it was the once-in-a-lifetime role I always dreamed of. Something I could really get my teeth into. You know, abandon myself to it and see what happened as it were. Layer upon layer. The more I went at it, the more I discovered. At once rich, at another varied. Oh, it was just tailor-made for me, was that role. Oh, yes, it was. That's absolutely it. A tailor-made role. A role made in heaven. As soon as I finished it, I had to eat another one. Oh, yes, I, I had to. I, I tell you, who does do a good one? And it is a very good one, Mark, you. A very, um, very... A uh, good one indeed. What were we talking about? <laughs> well, we were, uh, you were telling us about when you met Lawrence Olivia, but we appear to have drifted onto bacon rolls. <laughs> Hi, Patrick Walker. Who is? Where? Is he looking for me? No, I'm Patrick Walker. I'm one of the cast. It's my first job, actually. Oh, Count Alderstone. Delightful to have your acquaintance. Oh, it's your first job, you say. Oh, I wish I'd had a penny for every job I've had. I'd have a, a right... A big pile of pennies. Um, with every job I've had, um, I'd have to bag them up. Hey, hey, I'll tell you something. The post office won't take bags of change anymore, if you're thinking of taking any in. I said to her, I shall take my custom elsewhere, which is all well and good until you the parcels to post. They've got you over a barrel then. <laughs> That's what they prey on. Um, but that's not for you to worry about, um, um, Philip. Uh, um, if it's your first job, you'll only have one little pea, won't you? Oh, dear, it's a shame you just missed my Lawrence Olivier story. Oh, I'd like to have heard that. Yes, it was fascinating. <laughs> well, I tell you what, young man, you stick with me. I'll show you all the ropes. Oh, yes, you've stuck goldust with me. I can tell you everything about show business you want to know. Like, um... Uh, uh, blocking! Um, that's when you have to block your moves so you don't bump into furniture and children, as we like to put it. And um, furthermore, you must never work with furniture and children as well. Uh, animals, I mean. Um, furniture and animals. Um, I don't know why, but we always say it. So that's interesting. <laughs> Hi, um, um, sorry, uh, if I could just have your attention, everybody. I'll carry on later, Philip. Plenty more of my gems where they came from. Thanks. Hello. Um, I'm John Herbert. For those of you who don't know me, unfortunately, I'm, I'm very sorry to have to tell you that uh, our producer, Peter Quigley, has broken his leg rather badly, so consequently I will be stepping into his shoes and producing this exciting and very moving play. Bravo! Well said, Herbert. Well said. Three cheers for... Uh, and I'm, I'm sure I speak for all the assembled throng here assembled before me when I say that all our heartfelt wishes go out to, um, what's his face? Um, the other man that can't do it with the broken arm, which I knew nothing about, Herbert. Uh, John, it was his leg. 
Oh, his leg as well. Was it on the same side? Same, same side as what? Well. It was his leg. He's broken his leg. So what's he done to his arm, then? He hasn't done anything to his arm. He has. He's broken it very badly. You just said so. No, no, I didn't. I said leg. Well, I think you'll find you did say arm to start with. So, you know, I'll leave that there, Herbert. No, John. My name is John. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not having that. You, you, you definitely said you were called Herbert. That is definite. Everyone will back me up on that. You heard him tell us that, didn't you, Philip? Patrick. Look, Herbert's my surname. My, my, my name is, is John... Herbert. There you are. Told you. It was in front of you all the time. Um, oh, great. Well, well, I'm glad we've got that sorted out. Little clarity is all I ask for, Herbert. Look, shall we uh, take a seat? Uh, and I'll do some introductions. Here you are, Philip. Sit by me. I translate everything that's going on for you. Some aspects of show business are like a foreign language to me. To a foreigner. To you. Right. Well, as I said, I'm John... Herbert, allow me to introduce Susanna Denton. Hi. Oh, thank goodness for that. Put the kettle on, love me. Throw pictures of it. Our director. Pleased to meet you. Two sugar. Ooh. Aha! Got you there, didn't I? <laughs> hey, come on. Be honest. You see, I've broken the ice now, Philip. I've rather cleverly put everyone at their ease. Um, with a joke about the, um... What did he say her name was? The tea girl over there. Um, person, tea person. Oh, tea director. Director of tea. And um, I'd have done that even if you were a man love. So don't, you know, don't come that. <laughs> Seriously though, Bert, who, who is doing the teas? Um, there is a genuine point to be made there through all the mirth. There's a, a vending machine, I believe. You can, you can help yourself. Now, can I just quickly say a few words before we dive into tea? Oh, of course, of course. All ears. Shush up, everybody. Come on, shush up and listen to Bert. <sighs> Look, I'd uh, just like to say that I, John, am very much looking forward to working with you all. Susanna. Hi. Hello, everybody. Great to see you all. I don't really have anything to say at this point. I'd just like to get on and start the read-through, if that's OK. Um... Did you want to say something? Well, um, Herbert did infer that we might be having a hot drink after his few quick words. Jaffa cakes may also have been implied. <laughs> I know they're my biscuit of choice. Well, I would like to get on. Oh, I'm only thinking of everyone else except me. Uh, you know, an army marches on its stomach, doesn't it? Keep the troops happy. White cliffs are over. Deutschland over Allied carpets. That sort of thing. Well, trench foot, that's another one. You can't march with trench foot. Not even um, through a trench, funnily enough. So they've got that wrong. You'd have to hop. Well, if everyone's very quick, and please, can we have our drinks as we're reading through? We are a bit short of time. Come with me, Philip. I'm not having a cup of tea out of a vending machine. So the sweeping's up. You don't know what's in it? There was a programme on telly last night about a waiter spitting on a pizza. They, they showed it in slow motion. <laughs> it, um, it had salami on it, which always repeats on me. That's why it's stuck in my throat. Her teeth. Oh, head. Um, they put him on a written warning. Well, I've got my own tea bags, thank you very much. I'll get some hot water from the canteen. Come on. <laughs> Delfont, put your money away, Bernie. It's no good in here. This one's on me. Well, thank you for joining us. 
Oh, you're not waiting for us, I hope. What page have you got to? We haven't actually started yet. Oh, well, I needn't have rushed in the lavatory now. I'll, I'll be regressing that in half an hour, Sandra. <laughs> but that's just me all over, is that? I don't want to let anyone down. Um, just let me get settled and I'll be with you. Uh, right, put my drink down there. Uh, now, would you like me to read the stage directions for you? Would that be a help? No, I will, thank you. Now, although the play was written in the 1920s, I want to bring it... Hold on, just um, get my pen out. Where's it gone? It's in here somewhere. It does sometimes do, that slip inside the lining. Oh, hey, I've been meaning to have that invisibly mended, but I'm having trouble finding the invisible tailor to do it because I can't see him. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, uh. Only joking, everyone. I know there's no such thing. How would you know he was in his shop for a start? Oh, come on, you sodding pen. Where are you? Um, oh, here we are. Got it. Oh, no. What's that? It's a float. A little bob float. Oh, how long that's been in there? I've not been fishing for years. I know the last time I went fishing. I remember it very well. I was fishing a stretch of the River Don and I lost my watch. I lost my watch casting in. It flew off my wrist. I was, I was ledgering. A fascinating story. I look forward to when I have the time to figure out its relevance to the read-through. Now, if I can concentrate... Well, what doubly galling is, it was an automatic one. So it's probably still going with the current and everything. <laughs> and that's my watches, that, still going to rub it in even more. I can understand how it would be upsetting. Now, if I could just say, what I want you to have in mind as we begin is that this play was written just after the First World War, but its relevance is still... Anaconda, it was. Uh, no, Anaconda. Uh, Honda. Oh, uh, Cobra! Seconda! Seconda! Hey, Russian precision, 17 jewels. Had three little dials on it. Told you what the time was in um, uh, New York, uh, Paris, and. Um, oh, uh, right, okay, everybody. Perhaps we should just focus, please, and have a stagger oh, through. Oh, no, don't tell me. Oh, it's, you know, it's um, that island where all those fat people live that were in mutiny on the bounty. Um, the men wear skirts. Halifax? No. Um, Honduras? No, it wasn't that. No. Please, please, take, take my pen. Oh, thank you very much, Herbert. Yes, that um, anaconda was engraved on the back and everything. To Bill, from Agnes. Don't know who they were. <laughs> was on there when I found it. Um, do you know, I never had it polished off for sentimental reasons. <laughs> Look, if, if you don't mind, we really do have an awful lot to do. Hawaii! Told you! Hawaii! The six hours ahead! Or is it behind? <laughs> oh, this is a nice pen. Must have cost a pound or two. Uh, yes, it, it was a gift. Oh, well, you'll find this interesting then, Herbert. Um, I did used to have what they call a space pen. Now then, you can write upside down and underwater with them. The astronauts had them on the moon. It said that on the leaflet that came with it. I don't know what they um, used them for up there. Uh, maybe postcards, probably. Um, <laughs> To the wife and kids. Um, I never tried it underwater, so I could not, hand on heart, endorse whether that's true or not. They do, however, work upside down. I did do that with it. Um, I wasn't upside down like an astronaut. Um, I held a breadboard above my head with my left hand, as a result of which I had a crumb of nimble in my eye for a full fortnight. Um, anyway, um, I rested... A bit of scrap paper on that. I wrote my autograph on it. 
probably worth a pound or two now, that bread book. Uh, please, can we, can we get on? I have a meeting with Kenneth Branagh's assistant secretary at five o'clock. Ooh, you mustn't keep Kenneth Branagh waiting. Say hello to him from me, will you? Um, ask him if he's forgotten that fiver he owes me. Um, yes, I was just thinking we should get started, because it's not getting any earlier, is it, Sandra? It's not my job to interfere, though. Really? Can someone time this? Right. Simon and Judith are in the living room of their large house in the country. There is a tension, something unspoken between them. Simon looks out. What have you got your hand up for? Um, I want to say something to you, and I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> what is it? Well, if what's between them is unspoken, it'll not make very good radio, will it? <laughs> but it's... Look, um, it's just a figure of speech, isn't it? All I know is, if I was looking at the radio for in the Radio Times, and it said they were putting on an unspoken play, it's a very remote possibility whether I'd bother tuning in or not. <laughs> and, um, and I'm in it. So... <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Make you aware of that, Sandra. Susanna. We will word whatever we put in the Radio Times very carefully. Happy? Just as well to clarify these things, isn't it? That's all I'm saying, Sandra. World wars have started from little misunderstandings. And look what that's led to. <laughs> A world war. Right, thank you. Simon and Judith are in the living room of their large house in the country. There's a tension, something unspoken between them. Simon looks out of the window and... Look, what have you got your hand up for again? Well, Sandra, I'm sorry to stop you again so soon, just when you got going. But um, according to the clock on the wall, it's almost one o'clock. And going by what my schedule says, that's lunchtime. Now, if it were up to me, I'd say, let's carry on. Let's carry on. Let's push on through and get the flipping thing done. Battle of Britain. But unfortunately... <laughs> It's what the unions have deemed as a necessary meal break. You know, like long-distance drivers so they don't do a pile-up. In fact, they have to have a little sleep as well, which I'm not advocating we do. Um, I just grab 40 winks as and when I do. Um, so, um, it'll be back at two, everybody, won't it? Well, almost five past now. Uh, we'll not fall out over five minutes, will we, Sandra? Come on, Philip, let me show you what an actor does with his dinner time. <laughs> Look, it's really crowded. I don't think we're going to get served. Shall we just head back? Have you not got them in yet, for goodness sake? Oh, you better get two chasers as well in case we don't have time to get another. Come on, Philip, impose yourself. Is anyone sitting there? No. Oh, great. Um, excuse me, that's someone's seat. You just said there was no one sitting there. There is no one sitting there. He's at the bar. That's him, Philip. What about that one? Well, uh, you'll have to ask at the bar stop if you want a definitive answer. But if you're asking me for my observations, I would tell you that in the time I've been here, I have not witnessed anyone taking advantage of it. So, all things considered, my advice to you would be to sit on it with a fair degree of confidence that in doing so, you will not be... Oh, forget it, mate. Stand at the bar, only call in for a quick pint. Enjoy your seat. Suit yourself. Hello, here he is. The wanderer returns. Don't you think we should be thinking about getting back? It's not two o'clock yet, is it? 
It's 5-2. Oh, you've got a lot to learn about radio. Oh, look, they've got a karaoke machine. Right, just get out there and read it out, what a foot. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, louder, do it properly. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, direct from the talk of the town, Whitfield Street, by pubic demand, with Jim, please welcome onto stage the King of Sing, Count Arthur Strong. Oh, come on, everybody, let's have a party! You know where you're on to! What are you looking at? Patrick? Patrick, are you all right? Yeah, good. Yourself? I don't really drink, you know. That is the thing, you see. Yeah. It's my first job. Has anybody seen Philip? Oh, that's where you are, for goodness sake. I wondered where you were. He said he was going to be sick and rushed out of the pub. The canteen, restaurant, restaurant. Compliments to the chef. Lovely menu. Uh, have you eaten there, Herbert? Has anybody eaten there? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's smashing. Um, uh, there's a mixed grill is to die for. Um, oh, look at the state of you. Sorry. It's not me you've let down. It's yourself and all the people in this room. <laughs> As his mentor, Sandra, could I, on Philip's behalf, profoundly apologise for the state of him? They just can't hold their drink, the young ones. Food! They can't, um, they can't hold their food, can they? Ooh, don't get me going and not being able to hold your food. Look, look, now you're back. Please, can we get on? We're really terribly behind. This is being recorded this evening. You do know that. You see, we're behind now because of you, Philip. Terribly behind. Have you any idea of the pressure that that puts Sandra under? Oh, I'll scream in a minute. Please don't call me Sandra again. <laughs> what would you like me to call you? Susanna. Please call me Susanna. Will that just not complicate things at this stage? <laughs> no! <laughs> Very well, then. Susanna. Right. Time this, please. Simon and Judith are in the living room of a large house in the country. There is a tension, something unspoken between them. Simon looks out of the window and speaks. Do you, do you know, know you can... can <laughs> do you know you can... See for miles from... Do you know you can... What the bloody hell's going on? What do you think you're doing? Well, what do you think you're doing? I'm reading my part out. What do you mean your part? I'm playing Simon. Excuse me, but you are not. I've been engaged to undertake the role of Simon. Well, that's ludicrous. For one thing, he's only supposed to be 19. I've got news for you, nitwit. It's radio, is this? What they don't see, they don't know. For the kick-off, they've had ten different Jack Woolies in the Archers since it started. And they've currently got two different Linda Snells as well, who do alternative scenes. And there's been at least three different Sue Lawlers in Desert Island Discs, to my knowledge. Two woman ones and a man one, so everyone's counted for. <laughs> that shut you up, hasn't it, clever dick? 
Go on, come back at me now with a clever retort, eh? Look, and believe me, I'm not being funny about this, but are you sure Peter Quigley cast you as Simon? You see, as Sebastian said... Oh, Sebastian! As Sebastian said, and I have to agree with him, I think you are just a little bit too old for the part. When I saw you, I thought you must be playing the milkman. Oh, no, I'm the milkman. Playing the milkman? Me, playing the milkman? Do I look like a sodden milkman? Yes. Yes, I do, it says so. <laughs> How many lines has he got, anyway? I'm playing the milkman. You do what you're told. How many lines has he got, Sandra, this milkman? Just hang on, hang on. John, do you know anything about this? Well, no. Um, well, Peter just finished casting the play when he broke his leg. Arm. <coughs> Arm. Um, um, sorry. Don't mention it, Herbert. I was only drafted in this morning, and look, how many times do I have to tell you it's John? Oh, he's off. I'll tell you what, let's agree to disagree on that, shall we? <laughs> I'm not going to agree to disagree on what my name is. I know what my bloody name is. John. Fact. Peter quickly broke his leg. Fact. Oh, dear me, I really am getting a bit of a headache. Oh, there you are, you see. I thought there was something wrong with her. Can you hear me, love? <laughs> of course I can hear you. Do you know what your name is? My name is Susanna. Now, you know that's not true. <laughs> you see, you've got to help me to help yourself. Um, I'm afraid, in my opinion, Herbert, she's suffering from all the symptoms of mass illuminations. Um, it's an open and shut textbook. A casebook. Bookcase. Um, she'll have to have complete bed rest. She'll have to replace her. I'll do nothing of the sort. Look, just, just stop it, OK? Just stop this now. Sit down, everybody, sit down. Hello? He's gone as well. Mad as a hatter, the pair of them. Peter, thank you very much for calling. That's OK. I hope you're not feeling too uncomfortable. There's not fooling me. There's no one on the end of that. Well, a bit sore, you know. How are things going? Uh, not too good, actually. That's never a telephone. He's, he's just got a glasses case and stuck some shirt buttons on it. <laughs> you seem to have cast two people in the role of Simon. No, I haven't. Well... We've got two people here, and they're both under the impression that they're playing the part. I cast Sebastian Fielding. What about Count Arthur Strong? Him? I wouldn't cast him in anything. He's a lunatic. It's because of that bloody idiot I broke my leg. I'm considering legal action. Really? You're considering legal action against him? Legal action? Right. Uh, this has gone on for far too far enough. It looks like it falls to me to wrestle this lunatic to the ground. <laughs> Philip, you circle round from that side, and I'll get him from here. We'll do a pincer manoeuvrement on him, like they did in Zulu. Come on. I can advancing Come on, Herbert, I don't want to hurt you if I can help, help it. Me. Men of Holocaust! Ow! Oh, Ow! My uh, bloody leg! Uh, I think you've broken my bloody uh, leg! Uh, well, well, it was your own fault. I, I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen, would you? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll come back when you've all calmed down. Ta-ta! Come on, Philip! <laughs> I'll pop in and see Herbert in the hospital tomorrow. Take him a, a walnut whip or something. <laughs> Just a silly misunderstanding, wasn't it? Anyway, listen to me going on. How do you think your first day in show business has gone, Philip? I'm seeing three of everything, and I can't feel five of my feet. Oh, you just want the bits of food inside you. I'll tell you what, we'll go back to mine when the chucker's out. I've got a pork chop at home. We'll split it. Appearing with Count Arthur Strong were Joanna Neary, Alistair Kerr and Dave Mountfield. The script was written by Steve Delaney and edited by Graham Duff. 
Count Arthur Strong's radio show was recorded live at Comedia Brighton, is produced by John Leonard and Mark Radcliffe, and is a joint Comedia Entertainment and Smooth Operations production.